If I had a million dollars, I'd buy your Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, guys, what's going on? It is Jason. Uh, It's summer. (laughs) It finally feels like summer here. It has been ridiculously hot in Ohio. Yeah, it's terrible. You go outside, it feels like you've been suffocated by a blanket. It's terrible. A wet hot blanket. So anyway, it is balls hot here in Ohio. Um... But I think I think the weather's going to break, which it'll be nice just in time for the 4th of July. So for those of, of us in America, we will celebrate the 4th, our teenage rebellion <laughs> from Britain. Yep, and I'll be playing a concert out in the hot, hot heat. I don't uh, think it'll be that hot on the 4th, though, is what I'm saying. Right. Well, let's hope it's not. Let's hope it's not. Yeah, I got in the pool today and it was great. Although I think I'm a little bit sunburnt, but that's what happens when you're as pale as I am. I sat in the air conditioning and it was glorious. <laughs> Jason and I have different ideas about how to deal with the, the hot weather. Yeah, don't go out in it. That's the proper idea. Well, but I don't mind going out in it if I'm going to get into a pool. Then the sun burns you. But I put on my SPF 100. I just... It still burnt you. Didn't reapply soon enough. I should have had my sun hat while I was sitting in my pool float. That was my problem. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> it's hard being clear. It's a, it's a difficult life. Anyway, that's all the news we have here. I don't think there's anything else exciting going on in our place. So let's talk about what's going on on Kickstarter. So the first piece of news I want to talk about is a game that has a spiritual component to it, which we like to review those games because that's important to us. But I, I hadn't gotten really into this game because I wasn't sure if I'd like it. But when I checked it out, it looks really cool. And the game is called Deliverance, the Game of Spiritual Warfare. So this is actually a co-op game. I think you can also play it solo. Um, and, like, apparently these demons have come to this town of Fallbrook. And they're, like, gathering there. And you um, are, are part of the forces of light. So you're going to choose an angel as your player. Yeah, one of four players. And you're going to go try to fight back the darkness at this, in this town of Fallbrook. And actually, I was like, what the heck, Fallbrook? Like, what does that have to do with anything? But I found out it's the creator's, like, hometown in California. <laughs> um, so you ch- That's cool. Yeah, you choose an angel. They've each got, like, powers. They're, and so um, you're using them in combat while you're, like, combating demons. Um so, like, you, not only that, but you're also, like, contending with the darkness of the human realm. So there's, like, these other actions that you're trying to, like, um, have, like, other, like, encourage people that are praying and get courage, which will also help in your fight. And you're protecting, like, the saints from getting drug into the darkness. So there's other gameplay there. Um, and then as you're slaying, like, the demons and protecting these people, you're leveling up. So you're getting new skills and upgrades. Um with like these treasure cards and then you finally like work together to defeat the fallen prince so because of all these victories in battle he's going to come out from the darkness and then you are going to fight to send him back to the abyss it looks like a seriously epic fighting game like legit um if you get just the standard version you're going to get standees for your angels and stuff but for those of you people that like miniatures you can get them in this game as well. And I mean, like we have talked about how sometimes like faith-based games are kind of lame. Um, but this one looks like like a serious battle game. Like you've got all these stats, you know, all the like lots of different things happening in this as you're fighting and moving and, and, and doing all these different actions working together. I was like, I was pretty impressed. So if you like um, like spiritual themed games or if you just like games where it's like a good all-out battle, that classic good versus evil, 
I, I say you check this out. It's called Deliverance, the game of spiritual warfare. There's five days left on that Kickstarter, and the base pledge is 59 bucks. Yeah, I actually, I like to do, I like to review a lot of the Christian games. And I looked at this one, and I thought, that is a Christian game. But then I was like, man, that's a dudes on the map game. I don't know if I, I don't know if I can do it. I, I love to cover the Christian games, but I don't know if I can do it. Yeah, I don't, this, in, and since it's a cooperative, and you're doing different things to kind of... Um, help out like these these people. It it in some ways feels like the other reverse pandemic game. I never remember which one's which. Commissioned. Yeah, in a way. Um, but yeah, there definitely is a lot more like actual combat also involved in this one. So hmm. could be interesting. Uh, the next one is a game that I'm interested in just slightly, but I'm interested in a lot of role playing games that I never get to play. Uh, and this is called The Bard's D&D. And they are saying that this is just the first in a line of many 5e adventures based on Shakespeare's plays. And I'm so excited. So the first one is Macbeth. Um, and so I was thinking, okay, do you just reenact Macbeth or what's happening? But actually, like, some of Macbeth has already happened, like the plot as far as the uh, play goes. Um, and so you're kind of at the point where Malcolm, um, who's raised this army to come kill Macbeth and claim his father's throne. And so Macbeth is going to like f- defend him and kind of try to stop the pri- prophecy. And it says, which side will your players choose? So you're kind of caught in the middle of the happenings um, of Macbeth, which I think could be really interesting. Um, Macbeth is my favorite play, so I'm excited to see what else they come up with. Like, if they tackle some of the fun comedies, like um, to explore kind of a Midsummer's Night Dream and the funny things that happen in there, and like the shape shifting and puck, and you know, there's all. I feel like it's a little more lighthearted, a little more room for venturing. Um, this one's a little intense but i don't know i think that would be pretty cool even like a romeo and juliet where you know some of you in your party are that are playing with you are capulets and some are montagues and like working through that like i i think that the concept sounds really cool because i love shakespeare um this is only coming in pdf form so if you are looking for kind of a fun different DD adventure or you love shakespeare like i do um, check out the Bard's D&D, Macbeth. There's eight days left in that Kickstarter, and it's only about eight bucks for the PDF. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I just, I, I know. I, maybe I need to play some D&D. I, everybody who lo- plays it loves it. It just looks so boring and awful to me. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't think you're the right audience. It requires imagination and storytelling, and those are two things that you're not real great at. I mean, you ain't wrong. <laughs> I know. We all have our strengths. <laughs> Those aren't yours. Those are not my strengths. Um, my last game, though, I think you might be interested in. Oh, yeah. I'm super interested. I looked at this one before and tried to get a review copy. I'm super interested. Oh, okay. I thought you were being sarcastic at first. I'm like, come no. on, man. I really do like think this one looks cool. So my last game is called Arcosa by Toonhammer. So I believe this also has a solo mode, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes, one to four players. Um, and in this game, you have, you're like the leader of a group on this desert planet called Arcosa. And so through tableau building, through action pool building, um, you are trying to get like the highest reputation for your little, um, clan, I guess, almost on this uh, or colony, colony, I think is a better word, on this planet. So you've got a bunker that you're developing. You are recruiting colonists in there. The colonists um, have, you know, their different talents, things that they can bring to the colony, but you can only feed so many. You've only got room for so many. So you might have to boot them out if they're not working for you. You want to keep the colonists happy um, while they're there. So you're rationing resources. Um, you're also going out onto the planet and like doing some scavenging, but there also are like natives there that will come and attack you. So you've got to watch out for the hostile inhabitants. Um, you're building new rooms to your bunker. You can also do some bribery actions. You're going to like produce construction resources and be able to do that, you know, 
get some entertainment maybe for your colonists to keep them happy because that also that morale track plays into your points to, to you know gain your reputation um so you're just doing like all these different combinations like hand management and all these different things to build your base and making the choices about what you want to do for your colony working with your colonists surviving on this planet i think it looks really fun and i hate space games but i can just imagine this is like a deserted island or something um and i have to build my own little tribe i don't know why they didn't theme it like that because i would have liked it better but whatever uh, so if that sounds interesting to you and you do like space or you like the idea of building your own colony or you like the idea of hand management tableau building, which I do, um, check out Arcosa. There's 10 days left on the Kickstarter and the base pledge is $49. Yeah, this game looks cool. I saw it on a Facebook group and I thought, man, this looks like the game Cryo with the art. Mm. It just oh, reminded yeah. me, of, me of that a little bit. So I was like, man, I need, I need to look at this. I looked at the pictures. The board looked really cool. I thought the player board looked awesome. I was like, man, I, I don't know anything about this, but this is something I need to get in play because it looks really cool. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty interested in this one. I don't love the art style. I think it's kind of... I like it. It's like cartoony. Childish. I don't love it, but uh, I think the gameplay sounds really cool. So check out Arcosa. And that is all the Kickstarter news I have for you this week. All right. Well, let's get moving into games played. Uh, we only have two this week. Uh, it was a little bit light on the games. So, well, we're, uh, we're also recording before our game night, weekly game uh, night. That's so. that's true. That is true. Usually we record on, th- we've been recording on Thursday in the summer. We had a game night on Thursday, on Wednesday, but we switched it up this week. So you don't care about our problems. We're just going to tell you about games. <laughs> we played more games, but they're games we already talked about and we like to liven it up a bit. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So the first game we're going to talk about is a new hotness game. We didn't buy it. No surprise. Um, it's <laughs> right. it's one of the it's one of the new Target games um, that came out with Trails and um, Terraforming Mars, Ares Expedition, and this one's called Summer Camp. And this is a Phil Walker Harding game. He's done um, Emotep. Um, shoot, what's that other one that I really like? Archaeology. Um, piles of games that I'm forgetting, but those are two that I well I really like archaeology. And Baron, know, Park, Baron Park, Baron Park, Baron Park is him. Ugh. So this game is effectively, it, it's it's like an intro to deck building. So it's a deck building game where you're trying to move three different campers across these bridges by playing cards that match the type of deck that meets that bridge. So there's, there might be friendship, there could be outdoor sports, and there could be like water sports or something. I don't I don't remember what they were. But when you play cards, it'll let you move up on specific um, trails or paths or whatever. Or you could play cards that are just move on whatever you want. As you move on the trails, you're going to get some bonuses of drawing cards, getting these little snack bar pieces that are going to add energy for you to buy car better cards. Um, if you can make it to a bridge first, you're going to get some bonus points. If you can make it to the all the way to the end of the bridge, you're going to get some extra some more points. Um, and the game is going to end when one person, I believe. Gets all three of their little campers all the way to the end. I think that's what happens. And yeah, yeah, and that's what you're going to do. So on your turn, normal deck building stuff, you're going to draw your cards. You're going to use it to either buy additional cards with energy, or you can use the card as the action of moving or doing what the card says. Or if you don't want to do what the card says, you can just use one card for one energy to try to get better cards. There's no way to thin your deck, um, and there's not a ton of variety in each of the different decks but i think there's like five or six cards in each of the decks that you're playing with so that's like 18 cards um so yeah it's just an entry to deck building so what did you think about summer camp i mean i'm a huge fan of deck building in all its forms and i also thought the theme was really cute the cards had like fun stuff like um and you can choose which i also think is cool there's like a bunch of different decks in there that you can choose to play with so there are different badges you're going to work towards um, and so our, fr- our buddy Chris let me pick the three badges we were going to use. And I picked the friendship badge, the adventure badge, and the water sports badge, I think, just for good times. And in the friendship badge, like, there was one card that was, um, oh, Secret Admirer. Yeah, Secret Admirer. That was fun. <laughs> so when you play it, you got, like, a ton of energy. Um, and then you had to pass it to somebody else because it was, like, handing your Secret Admirer a note because um, I guess you're all excited. It's, like, so thematic and really cute, and I love that. And your little, like, camper people are super cute. Um, the artwork is cutesy. And 
if I had never played another deck builder before, this would be great. And I honestly, um, as we'll talk about later in the feature, um, think this, if um, I wouldn't mind having this as kind of a nice intro game to introduce people to deck builders. Because for me, I don't know, the concept of deck builder didn't seem that hard. I, I don't know if I had played it like as a kid or something. I don't know. But it came naturally. But there are people that really struggle with the idea of, oh, I take cards from here. I play them and put them in the discard. And then I take new ones. And um, that that's kind of a foreign concept. And I, I forget that, I think, sometimes because it's one of my favorite mechanics. And this is such a simple, easy way. I think this would be easy for both of our kids to really pick up and play. It's such a nice family weight game. I, I really enjoyed it, actually. Yeah, I, I thought the art was cute. I thought, it, you know, it was a fine game. It doesn't go on forever. But... Like I mentioned to you, I would rather play, since I've played other deck builders, I would rather play another deck builder. I didn't hate this, but it was just kind of simple for already having, you know, Tonto, Heart of Crown, ICP in the collection. I don't, I mean, yeah, play it with our girls could be cool, but outside of that, I don't know if I need to keep playing it over and over and over. But I want it. We'll just have Chris bring it over again and we can play it. (laughs) No, but I, I want it so that when we go places and like play with new people, I could bring it out. You don't think you, ICP is ex, uh, accessible for non-gamers? If no one has played a deck builder before, they do not understand how that works. This is a great way to teach them that. You're right. Fine. I All right, moving that. on. <laughs> uh, and then the second game we want to talk about is a game that we've replayed. So we have talked about this before a, a while ago, um, but we wanted mm-hmm. to play it at two players to see if it changed opinions or you know if it played any different or felt any different. And the game is called Praga Kaput Regni. I'm not sure how you say it. Everybody calls it Praga, so we'll call it Praga from here on out. Um, and we played this at two players this time. Um, it plays really fast at two, and I still liked it. But what you're doing in this game is, I don't know, I'll try to explain it. You're trying to rebuild King King Charles's bridge. I know that. You're trying to contribute to the building of the Hunger Wall and, oh, shoot, the cathedral. I forget whose cathedral it is. St. Vincent's Cathedral or something? Mm. Um and you're doing that through an action selection like Rondell, where you're taking an ag- uh, a little tile. It gives you one of two actions you can take and maybe another bonus based on where you pull the tile from on the Rondell. And then you're going to take that action. You could maybe walk on the King's, wa- uh, King's Road, which is going to give you some kind of bonus if you spend some stuff or not. You could maybe contribute to the bridge if you get up far enough on the road. You could build a wall around your little action selection wheel. You could upgrade your action selection wheel. You could build a building out in the town. If it's on one side of the King's Road, it's, it's more prestigious. If it's on the other side, it's cheaper, but it's not as valuable. Um, you're also trying to um, mine and produce goods because you need goods to do all that stuff. It's a, a, a typical Euro, but the difference with this one is some of the mechanisms are, are a little bit unique, and it's super tight. So over the course of the game, you're playing 16 turns, and it never seems like you have enough to do what you need to do. So it's tight and punishing, but that's this, you know, that's what a good Euro does. So what did you think about Praga on the second play at two players? Um, I liked it at two players, I think, just because there's a lot going on. And so when you're debating on your turn and looking at the possibilities, because you only have so little amount of turns, um, it is, I think, a lot better at two. I would not want to play it at more than three. Um, I like it because I, I do like games that are tight, but I don't know. I feel like this is, um, gosh, almost tight to the point of irritation. Um, it wasn't bad, but I feel like I like, I'd like a little more theme and I, and there, okay. There is a lot of theme in here. I guess I don't like the theme. The theme is boring. Um, so that doesn't help me invest in the game anymore than it does. Uh, I don't, I don't know. After the first time, you know, I kind of thought it was all right. After playing again, I'm just like, eh, I, I don't know that I would choose to play this game again. Yeah, I, th- I think a couple things. I would probably only play this at two because I didn't feel like the experience really suffered playing oh, with less no. players. It's faster, but you still get the same kind of gameplay. And I do think that it's so tight that the last couple turns that you take, if they're not perfect turns or you didn't prepare for them maybe three, four turns ahead, 
they're wasted. Like, uh, I think you had to just do a production turn or something, which is completely worthless on the last turn, effectively. Yeah. yeah. And I did something dumb, like build a wall or something to move on the one of the buildings, but it was just worthless. Not worthless, but not as good as, a, you know, building a building out in the city right. to get a bunch of stuff. So, I, I don't know. It just feels like, hey, oh, it's the last turn, and now I have no money, no resources to do anything, so I'm just uh, going to do this. Yeah. So, I like it still. I don't think it's one I need to keep playing over and over, but I enjoyed my couple plays of it, and I'm glad I got to play it. And if you like heavy, tight, punishing Euros, this is definitely one you should check out. True. All right. Well, those are the games we played. Let's move into the feature. Okay. So we have mentioned that, you know, we're always looking for more episode ideas, especially because we have not repeated an episode um, and we've done <laughs> that we know that we that know we of. know of. <laughs> I guess it's true. In all the time that we've been doing episodes together, so if there is an old uh, an old topic that we covered that you want to hear us look at again, please tell us. I'll go through my whole spiel about all of our social media accounts, but you know what to do. You need to tell us um, because I, I'm trying to scrape for episode ideas, and I, I'm pretty good at it, but. Um, Sometimes I just go and shamelessly steal them from other people. So I actually saw something kind of similar, a really intriguing um, topic on a different podcast. I don't remember which one was because I don't listen to them. Uh, But the title was something about crafting a collection from $100. And I thought, huh. That's really interesting. We talked about cheap games, but I thought if, and and I've seen this actually on a lot of Facebook groups. Oh, I've got an Amazon gift card or I got some birthday money. I have like a hundred dollars. What should I get? What are essentials? Or I'm new uh, to the hobby and I want to, you know, spend a little bit of money to get a few good games. What should I get? So Our topic today is if we had to start a game collection. So we're starting from scratch here. Okay, so we're not using like, oh, we have these. Here's here's stuff we don't have. No. If we had to start a game collection and we only had $100, what games would we buy? If I had $100. If I had $100. (laughs) Craft singles. I'd buy you a green dress, but not Not a real real green green dress. dress. That's That's cruel. cruel. Uh, so for my choices, I try to go and find the best bargain for something that is an entry-level game, and the games cover a lot of different, um, a couple different like key mechanic categories that I think everyone should own when they start their game collection. That's how I based mine. Yeah, that's effectively what I did, too. Um, similar. I ha- picked like a couple different, ca- five different categories and said, hey... For this category, for this cheap amount of money and a super fun game, play this. So, yeah, that's what I did, too. Okay, so what's your first game and the price? All right, so my first game is um, a flipping right, rolling right game that I really enjoy. And it's silver and gold. And it is $15 as of the time of this recording. So don't listen to it a year from now, and it's $25. But as of today when we're recording, which is June 29, 2021... It's $15 on Miniature Market, so that's a pretty good deal. Um, this is a really fun rolling right. Everybody who's I've, who I've played it with has had a great time. We took it to our little getaway gaming weekend, and people played it over and over and over and bought some copies of it. You're just flipping cards. You're drawing these Tetris shapes to try to fill out these cards you have to try to find treasure. You fill out a card, you get a bunch of points. Uh, you mark off coins, and you get enough coins, you get some extra points. It's just super fun. It's a Tetrisy rolling right, which a lot some people don't like, but this one's so fast and just really fun. So I like it. So Silver and Gold is my first one. Yeah, I really like this game. We've had lots of people really enjoy it. I don't love Tetris. We've been over this, but I the fact that I can roll, I can write and like fix it with my dry erase marker helps in this game. And it is really quick. It's easy for people to grasp. You can start this with all kinds of people. Um, and roll and write, slip and writes, those are kind of really popular right now in, as far as gaming goes. So, yeah, that's a great choice. Uh, my first game is a cooperative, which I like. And it involves a little bit of, like, logic thinking, a little bit of deduction. 
um, but not social deduction. So some people don't like that because they don't like lying or whatever. Um, but this game, I think almost everyone I've introduced it to really likes it. And that game is Shipwreck Arcana. So you draw two tiles out of a bag that have numbers on them. You choose one to be your number. You take the other number and you place it on these like tarot-sized, really pretty cards called Arcana. Are those yeah, the Arcana? Ar- yeah, they're Arcanas, yeah. <laughs> um, which have clues on them to help the rest of the players um, guess what your number is. And then you've each got a number line that they can use to kind of like, visually help you Um, rule out numbers, which I think is really great because then this game is if you're, if you're like a hands-on or like a visual thinker, you can manipulate that, that um, number line. Or if you're not, you don't have to, you can kind of focus on the clues and like logic and puzzle things out. Um, The artwork is cool and it's only $16 at um, the Meromorph Games website, which is the actual publisher of the game. 16 bucks. That's like wicked cheap. And you can play this game over and over and over again. Um, There's an expansion, right? Yeah, it just adds extra arcana cards. So it doesn't like change the game. It just gives you different cards. But I did not include that expansion in the price. But 16 bucks. I think that's a pretty good deal to start with a, a nice, like, co-op kind of logic deduction kind of game. So, my first choice, Shipwreck Arcana. Yeah, I was going to put this on my list, but then when I pulled up the sheet, you already had it on there. <laughs> that's my first go-to one. I'm like, oh, right in there. Yeah, so that, that is a good one. Um, my next entry is going to be the drafting entry. So, I think there's a lot of games that have drafting, and I think this one is a good entryway to how the drafting piece works. Yes, it has dice, but it still functions kind of the same way. And this game is Sushi Roll, which is the dice version of Sushi Go or Sushi Go Party. So, you can lump all these into the same one, but mine specifically is Sushi Roll. And it's $19 on Amazon. It could be a sale. I don't know. Again, as of the day of the recording. And this is a a dice rolling drafting game where everyone's going to get a hand of dice. They're going to roll them, put them on their little, like conveyor belt you're going to take one you're going to pass them around the table until all the dice are taken and then you're going to score points based on the dice that you have picked the different faces you might get some multipliers if you get some wasabi uh, all that kind of thing so it's really easy to play it has really nice bits the dice are really nice has cute little adorable artwork and it's a lot of cool bits and components for 19 dollars. so my drafting game is sushi roll yeah, I love the artwork on this. Um, if you want to go even cheaper, just the basic Sushi Go is like $7.40 on Amazon. Or I personally, I like the the dice, but I like the regular, I like Sushi Go Party with all the different choices because they're the absolute adorable artwork on this. And that's like 22 bucks on Amazon or something. So again, this is like a really, one of the cheapest and I think best drafting games to add to your collection that way. Um My next choice is worker placement, maybe a little of uh, um, economics, economics, a light, light economics, because I don't really like economics. Yeah, it's it's really light, (laughs) but it's in there. And also kind of funny, cute artwork and has a small footprint. Uh, So the next game I picked is Harbor. Um, Harbor is a game where you are using buildings. So it's worker placement to get goods. And kind of, and then even transform those goods. And then you go to other places and sell those goods as the market price fluctuates. Like, oh, if a lot of people sold a lot of fish, price is going down. You're not going to get as much to sell those. Um, If it's some rare item, it's going to sell for more. And you're trying to, you know, sell when the market's high because you want to get the most money. Fun, quirky artwork on the cards it's a really simple, easy game to play. I found out today there's an expansion that I didn't know about. So, hey, I would like to check. I want to have to check that out. But this is just a really simple, great intro game. I like it a lot. Uh, I was looking for like a, a pretty easy worker placement. And I think you you only have one worker. Right. Yeah. One worker. And so you're just kind of moving around, finding a good spots for it as you're kind of collecting and selling goods. So... I found this game for $12 on the geek market on BGG.com. If you have not used the geek market, I totally recommend that you can find cheap stuff. And I, I, we, so far I found it to be reliable. 
Um, usually people that aren't reliable get booted out, bad reviewed real fast. Um, but $12, and I think it was for a like new copy of this game. 12 bucks for Harbor. So for those of you bean counters, I'm now up to $28. Yeah, Harbor's a good game. Uh, it's, it's yeah, everything you said, a, a light worker placement game with some cool, a cool market economy, which is really fun. Yeah, it's a good game. All right, so for my worker placement game, because you got to have a worker placement game in your collection, this is my most expensive game that I found. But I Ooh. feel like, yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, it's expensive. It's, you know. It's more expensive than any of the games on my list, I want to point out. It's more expensive than any of the games on my list. It's the most expensive <laughs> game on the list. And it is uh, Lords of Waterdeep, and it's $32 as of today on Amazon. Um, and that's usually pretty consistent. I mean, it's ranging 30 to 40 most of the time on Amazon. And this is a Dungeons & Dragons-themed worker placement game. The theme is in name Loose. only, effectively. Um, but this is a worker placement game where you send a worker out to a space. You're going to get coins. You're going to get like different colored cubes that you're going to be sending out on quest, basically meaning you turn in these eight cubes of these colors to complete this card and score these points. That's what that means. So you're collecting the cubes to get the points. You're getting some uh, bonus cards occasionally that are going to help you do that. You may get some cards that you can throw on your opponent to distract them from what they're doing. But it's a good entry-level worker placement game. It's fun. It has an expansion, too. If you realize you really like it, you can go pick that up and have even more of the game. But that's not included in the price. This is just for the base game. (laughs) So my worker placement pick is Lords of Waterdeep. $32 on Amazon. Yeah, this is probably one of our earliest games in our collection. And we played the crap out of this one. And we got the expansion. Yeah, the expansion's so good. So if you like this game, you definitely need to check that out. So good. Yeah, it's it's good good times. Um, My so my next game is, again, a game I think should be in everyone's collection. It is so fundamental. Um, It is an earlier game. And we have introduced this game to a lot of people. And it's been a great gateway game. And that is Century Spice Road. Um, I just couldn't imagine a collection that didn't include this. Because I just really think that's important. Um, So this game, Century Spice Road, you have a set of cards that allow you to collect cubes of different types and or convert them into other types. And you can purchase more cards that are going to add to that hand. So you're kind of managing that hand, which allows you to take these actions. Um, And as you use one, you discard it. So there's also the idea of, okay, do I get more cards or do I rest a turn and take all my cards back? And then you're using those cards to collect the specific resources you need to do some contract fulfillment. This also has really great components right out the gate, metal coins, um, little plastic bowls to hold your um, cubes for your resources, nice big size tarot card, like tarot size cards, um, you know, just cool artwork. I just think this is a really good game. I found there's... um, an 18 and a $19. So there's multiple copies on the geek market. Uh, again, because I'm looking for the cheapest. Um, and they're like new copies. 18 bucks for this game. And I mean, I have played the crap out of this game. We have introduced other people who have then turned around immediately and bought it. Because it's just such um, a really nice, fun, introductory game. So my choice... Um, is Century Spice Road. So I'm up to 28 plus 18 is what, 46? Yes, yeah. I'm at $46. Three games in. I'm, I'm not going to give you a running total, but mine adds up to exactly 100. So uh, yeah, just just know that. Uh, so Century Spice Road is really cool. It has what everybody affectionately calls the Century Spice Road mechanism, where if you want to pass over <laughs> a card that's in, that's in a line, you're going to put like a, a cube down on it. For every card that you want to skip, there have been lots of other games that have come out since Century that do that. One of the newest ones is that painting game. Um, shoot, Canvas. Canvas does it. <laughs> there you go. And, and, and it's a new hotness. So there's just lots of games that do that now. So this is a good entry to, to that thing, too. So you can kind of, if you like that, you can find other games like it. All right, so my next entry is my co-op entry. Now, this is not my favorite co-op game, but I think this is, well, one, this one's cheap. But this has pieces that will draw people in because it looks cool on the table. And that is Marvel United. Um, this is $27 on Amazon. And the reason I picked this one, a couple reasons. It's really easy to teach and really easy to play. And 
as much as I don't like minis, this has little chibi minis that look really cool on the table that I know could catch people's attention and maybe make them want to play the game more because they might think it's like a toy or it looks cooler to them. So yeah, this is a really cool cooperative game. You're taking on a role of a superhero trying to defeat the big bad as a team. And you're doing that through some simple card play that have some symbols. You're using the symbols to fight thugs, rescue civilians, beat up the baddie, um, rescue these locations from the, the bad guys to try to kill the baddie before everybody else dies. Or you hit your losing condition. It's really easy. There's tons of replayability just in the base box. But if you decide you like it, there's like 19,000 expansions as well that has like a billion characters. So you can play this game for the rest of your life and probably never play all of it. There's just that much stuff. So, But this is just for the base game. My co-op, Marvel United, $27 on Amazon. Yeah, this is a really good co-op. I like it. And I think the fact that it's the Marvel thing draws a lot of people in. The fact that it's chibis draws me in because they're so cute. And I love it because I'm such a dork. Um, and that, like, I think people really enjoy the idea of um, getting to be, like, a superhero, but also not having to, like, go alone in it. And I think that's what makes this a great early buy as far as um, your gaming collection is concerned because you're going to be able to kind of figure it out together. And I think co-ops tend to work really well with newer gamers because they're like, ah, I'm not really sure. And you're like, hey, you can't screw it up. You can piggyback off my actions and let's work together and figure out what the best action is. Since everyone's got different cards and different special powers, like I find that this works really well um, as far as keeping one person from like running the whole show. Um you just kind of get are able to offer up what you have and and to look and I like how everyone is looking at different because there's a bunch of different stuff happening like okay we got to fight the big baddie but we also got to rush these civilians but we also got to beat up these crooks so we can do like all of that kind of really engages everybody so yeah this is a great choice I wasn't willing to spend that much but good job my next game is a party game and I think inevitably even though jason doesn't like them you need party games in your collection you need a game that you can take over to grandma's house on thanksgiving for you and your family members to play while you are digesting a huge meal like you just and and that you don't hate right right yeah so okay we're not breaking out monopoly or whatever you know like that is um you know that's that's like a vital so you're like how can i keep my sanity if people bust out the board games my automatic first choice is just one. Um, it is big box store game. Everybody I've introduced it to has liked this game. Um, even my grandma, like I mentioned before, who complains like, oh, I can't figure out these games you kids play. And even though she's like a freaking accounting genius, that just makes me crazy. Um, she was like, oh, I like this game. Yeah, I understand this. I get it. Where you are working together. So there's kind of a cooperative element, which people also like. Because they're like, oh, I stink at this. And I'm like, hey, we're all here to help you. So that's a bonus. It's kind of word game based. So a lot of people are familiar with like Taboo and even, um, I don't, I mean, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank at all those other games that do that, that do with words. Um, What's the other game I like that you hate? Monikers. Balderdash Monikers. Yeah. So yeah, all, it, the, it's, all those it's, things it's got and then there's and like can even be trivia because like, oh, how do we associate or how well do people know you? Um, even that cards against humanity, apples to apples kind of thing, like what's going to fit best. So the person who is the guesser, I guess that turn draws a card blindly, sets it up on their easel and picks a number. The number will lead to a one word clue. Then everyone has these little dry erase easels and in secret they write one word, you know, just one, that um, will hopefully help that person guess that word. And if you write something that someone else has already written, uh, you get to cross them out and that person does not get that help to guess the word. Pretty simple, um, fun, kind of figuring out what to write, what not to write, how not to duplicate. It's a good time. It's 20 bucks at Walmart. I think it's about the same at Target. It's like 1997 or 1999. Um, but just one is my party game choice. Yeah, that was going to make my list. I think before I got down that far, you already had yours on there as well. But yeah, that's a really good one. I don't hate that one. I like that one quite a bit. If I'm going to play a party game, 
that's going to be one that I would pick. All right, so my party game entry, if you want to call it that, it plays like seven people, so in my opinion, that's a party game, is No Thanks, $10, Amazon. Super cheap game. It's literally just a deck of cards, like 30, 30 cards and some chips. And all you're doing on this is you're either going to take a card on your turn, or if you don't want the card, you're going to put a chip on it. You're trying to end the round with the lowest number possible on those cards. So if I have a 30 and a 12, I have 42 points. If I have 30, 29, 28, 27, I have 27 points because I have a run and 27 is the lowest. So that's kind of how the game works. It's super easy. You can play over a series of rounds. You can play it one time. You can play it all day. doesn't really matter. Great game. Super fun. Everybody we've introduced it to loves it. We actually played it with some family members and apparently... They couldn't wait two days to get it from shipping, and they had to run to a city nearby to pick it up same day, which is how good this game is. And that's a, you know, that just shows you that if people like a game, they'll go get it no matter what they have to do. So, no thanks is my party game. $10 Amazon. Again, as of today. Yeah. It's such a good game. Like, I didn't think I would like it at first. I was like, yeah, right. Okay. Oh, like, I don't do well with this bidding or whatever. Even when I do poorly, it's still a really fun game. Like it just is. There's almost a there's a push your luck element. There's like outthinking opponents, like sneaking. There's just lots of great stuff about this game. So yeah, I really like it. Um my last Wait, one b- before you say this one, you said you didn't have any games that's expensive as Marvel United and you lied. So go ahead. No, I said as expensive as Lords of Waterdeep. You also said you don't have you didn't want to spend that much money during Marvel United, and you're going to spend a dollar more. For co-op is what I was going okay, for. Okay, I, I got I got you, I got you. Um, so my last one is my most expensive game. Um, my running total for you math people, $16 for a canna. Harbor is 12 Century Spice Road is 18 That got me to, what, 46 Don't uh, ask me. I Yeah, I can't do 46 plus 20 bucks at Walmart is up 60, to 66 66 that doesn't work out right does it Eric, you just talk i'll do the math in my head while you're talking <laughs> uh hi guys uh if you didn't know i teach english and i'm not good at math if i still have money i'm gonna go find another game you're at 94 total total yes i six dollars under you there's gotta be a six dollar game out there i could put on this list i looked i was at five dollars before i made some adjustments it was tough it was tough (laughs) so my last game i i splurged a little but this game we have played a lot we've introduced new people to we've just played it ourselves because it's just really fun and that game is dice forge um i love this game you start out with so a lot of different things about this game This game, everyone is rolling dice on every turn, even if it's not yours. So there's constant action, which helps draw new people into the game and even younger people into the game, which I think is great. Um, And you're collecting resources. So there's not really a scarcity problem. You're like, oh, man, they're getting more than me. It's your dice. You're always getting stuff, which feels really good. And then on your turn, you decide how to spend it. So you can spend it by upgrading the faces on your dice to give you better stuff. Um, You can spend um, different types of gems to get different cards, which give you different things. Um, Or you can go like craft a hammer. You can go straight for victory points. Like this game has multiple paths to victory, which you know I love. Um, The artwork is so gorgeous. The insert um, in the box becomes part of the game board which is really cool. And it's just all beautifully laid out. Um, This game is 28 bucks on Amazon right now and worth every penny. I was trying to describe like what kind of mechanics does this cover? And I'm like, a dice building contract fulfillment kind of, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's really fun. And worth every collection. It's worth it to be in every collection. So that's Dice Forge. And that brings my total to $94 for some pretty great games. Yeah, Dice Forge is great. Um, the best, My favorite part of it is changing the faces on the dice and that you're always playing. Even if it's not your turn, you're always playing. And that feels good. I, I like that. So that is what? 12 different games? 2, 4, 6, 8, 10 different games. 10 different games. 
We didn't duplicate it all. So you could take $96 or $94 and buy Katie's games, or you can take $100 and buy my games, and you will have a pretty solid collection to start, and you will have fun for hours. Or if you're feeling real spicy and you got $200, you can get a <laughs> lot true. of good games. <laughs> that's true. $200, I mean, that's even better. But <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So if you had $100 to spend, what games would you get to start a collection? What would you recommend to a new collector if they wanted to spend 100 bucks? Tell us. Comment on our Facebook page. Or even better, join our Facebook group, hashtag The Riveted. Lots of cool people talking about games, being kind to one another, um, you know, just living the dream. Or take pictures of the games that you think we should include. Post them on Instagram or retweet about our podcast and say, hey, at Board Game Mechanics, here's the games that I would play for hashtag if I had $100. I don't know. I'm starting hashtags. I don't understand Twitter. I'm old. I'm a geriatric I, I th- millennial. I think that hashtag is too long for a Twitter thread or a Twitter message. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you young people, you figure that out. Or you tech savvy people because it's not me. Jason always says I'm like 80 on the inside. Because it's true. It's it, true. It's true. Uh, also, check out our YouTube page. You can comment. We, we have the podcast um, up there in YouTube format if that's easier for you to listen to that way. Um, but we've also got unboxings and Jason does a butt ton of reviews. I am going to get myself together. Um <laughs> And maybe put some videos on there. I, you know, I'm just the worst. It's true. Um, but at the end here, I want to mention two things. Hilarious that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast about it being so hot here. And we found out, you Canadians, most of you don't have air conditioning. And it's real hot there right now. Especially in the West. In the West. Um, I have some friends in Seattle that, in, in the U.S. that are the same. There's like a third of people in Seattle, I think, have air conditioners. And I think today it's supposed to be 108 degrees. You all are not okay. I'm so sorry. I'm sending you cool thoughts, Arctic breezes. Um, I want you to hold this memory of the heat in your hearts for when it's, you know, January in Canada and it's there's like 15 feet of snow and you got your snowshoes out. Like, I don't know. Like, it's bad. So I feel for you. The other thing I want to mention is I remember... So back before me, there's another host, and he used to talk all the time about um, writing reviews for our podcast, like on the Apple Podcast app or whatever, which I would love it if you would do that. And we have 22 ratings on the podcast, the Apple Podcasts, I think. Um, And most of them are older, but there is one that's recent, and I don't know how to tell who it's from. Um, It says CB01282021. I have no idea. I don't know. So I'm going to assume it's... Your initials are CB or something. And something <laughs> that's, that, that's a good assumption, yes. Something about February twenty eighth, twenty twenty one. I don't I don't know. <laughs> but the review is like the nicest thing. And so whoever you are, you are my fickle favorite. And might be for some time. So it says Great Gaming Podcast is the title. Five stars, which is so nice. That's I that's great. Um, What a great concept. I just started recently checking out different gaming podcasts. And while there are some good ones out there, this is my favorite. You get to hear about the latest Kickstarters. Then Katie and Jason discuss a couple of random games they played, followed by games pertaining to a different theme each episode. It works really well and each episode flies by. I enjoy it a lot and genuinely look forward to each new one. As a fan of games, it's very enjoyable and informative. And as an amateur game designer, hearing about the different concepts and mechanics is invaluable. You'll hear about dozens of games each episode and indigestible pieces. Worst part of the show is realizing how many great games are out there and figuring out which one to buy. Katie and Jason, please keep up the great work. Thanks. Um, I'm not saying I'm crying, but I feel like my eyeballs are sweating right now. (laughs) Was he really talking about our podcast or were they talking about our podcast? (laughs) You don't know. That's like the sweetest thing ever. (laughs) Whoever you are, um... Write me a message on Facebook or something like you're going to be on my Christmas card list, you know, when I stop procrastinating and send them out, you know, maybe one year. But uh, that's so sweet. Um, Thank you. Most of the reviews on there are from when Joel and Jason were hosting and they did a great job. And I really appreciate that. And that was at the the infancy of the podcast. And that was really helpful. And it's nice to see one um, from later aside from the one guy who commented on YouTube and said that I was annoying. <laughs> yeah. And that's, 
nice too. That's like unsolicited because we never ask for those. So uh, yes, yeah, that's that's nice. Yeah, so thank you, whoever you are, CB zero one two eight twenty twenty one. Thank you. If you're close, I will give you a hug or something like that's the that's so lovely. Like, I just wanted to share that because you're my fickle favorite. And I know who it, I know who it is. You do, Chandler Bing. Oh my gosh! Stop. It's Ms. <laughs> Chandler Bong for Ms. your information. Ms. Chandler Bong. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, I, no, I don't know who it is. I have no idea. Don't downplay this achievement. I feel like it's so nice. Don't make it a fictional character. No, I'm excited. That's nice. Like I like when we when people listen to our podcast who we don't know and leave likes and comments and subscribe even when we never ask for it because I just, you know, if you like us, fine. We shouldn't have to ask, you know, every time to like it. If you like it, cool. If not, just listen and have fun. Don't subscribe. We don't do this for money or whatever. We just have fun with it because we like games. So, yeah, it's it's nice to hear stuff like that. I like it. Yeah. I mean, it's true. We generally don't do this for money. Like, this is just our own. We pay for our, our, the website, the podcast hosting ourselves. We buy our own equipment. I mean, we just do it for the love of games and for the really cool people that we've met. So, thank you, guys. I just got a little sappy there. It must be the heat. Okay. <laughs> it must be the heat. It's too hot. I know. I shut off the air conditioning. Sorry, Melanie. Shut off the air conditioning here, and now it's like raising a couple degrees, and I, I can't. I, I got to turn it back on. <laughs> so I guess that's that's all. Well, before we shut down, um, go check out our friends over at the Board Game Rundown. They have oh, yeah, a cool vid- right. video channel that they talk about games, do a weekly topic. Um, they also have a, a broader network where they talk about minis and painting. I don't watch any of that because who cares? But Gross. Um, I like board games and I, you know, we've played games with the board game rundown yeah. guys. That's more my wheelhouse. So I do watch that. So if you have enough of us and you want to watch their mugs on the channel, go check them out. For sure. Thank you guys so much. Um, if you have suggestions for future podcast topics, we would love to hear them. So hit us up PM, uh, DM. I don't know. Put it on the Facebook, you know, all those things. I think that's it. Yep. Sounds good. That was a good place to stop. I like it. All right. Well, I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. And writing us nice five-star reviews. (laughs) 